0: Welcome to the tailored life podcast the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host Cody McBroom and today I have a very good friend of mine here locally with me. He is in the studio the sober bodybuilder Brad Jensen Sheena
1: <laughs> I'm here. I'm here this is sweet dude It's I'm a good setup you, bro I
0: always get uh, I've said Sheila so many times. I might have said that in the voice with you the other day. No, you said Sheena. Okay. she. I go back and forth, and I'm like, what is it? You
1: know, it's okay. I, You know my name, right? Yeah. Brad. With Brad. a B. Brad. Yep. B. <laughs> B-Rad. Yeah. It was funny, because, like, the first,
0: it was after Arizona. I don't think, I think we, I didn't think we planned this trip yet for you to come out. But I, like, was telling Shannon about you, and she had, she doesn't go on Instagram, so she didn't know you. She oh, yeah, you, you showed her. I just sent her that it's like, hey, this, uh, my friend Sheila's coming. Sheila, right? Sheena. Sheena. Fuck. Jeez. I don't know why I get it mixed Christ up, bro. Cody I'm not bro. used to creating. Uh, you're like the Tyler Perry of fitness. That's
1: yep. <laughs> <laughs> literally what it is. <laughs> it's literally what it is. Oh, Tyler Perry. Uh, um, yeah, your wife was very concerned. Yeah. And now, now I'm you. here, yeah. so she's probably a little bit concerned she'll be ready i'm like this
0: this huge buff guy is gonna come sleep at her house eat all her food yeah play with her dog yeah uh he, he wants to oh dude you're gonna actually love this uh because i was going say you're, you want to build a fort with blakely shannon gutted out a fucking walk-in closet and built holes in the wall and made window frames out of it carpeted it it's like a legit clubhouse wow dude it's dope she's, pretty excited about that yeah she's bob the builder <laughs> and i'm i don't do any of that stuff she's like no, she's I the mean, man of the house in that aspect dude if
1: i can change a light bulb i feel like i did pretty good that day yeah i'm like what is this a 45 watt that'll work yeah that's exactly how i am yeah bro. So, I, oh you're not you're not handy either oh no god no man yeah, I, I try
0: is. to be now because her dad her dad is and like i've had to call him with some embarrassing like <laughs> like i broke the lawnmower because i poured gas or in the oil thing and i didn't know what was wrong with it and i'm like trying to start it up from
1: the lawn <laughs> i had to call him and I could put my tail between my legs and be like, yeah. hey, I don't know what happened. He's like, so you see this thing that says gas? You put the gas in there, you jackass. You're Literally, like, yes, sir.
0: But he drove all the way out,
1: and that's what it was. And Uh-oh. I was like, God damn. Yeah. I'm an idiot. I'm it's sorry, rough. sir. But-, uh, but dude, putting these, uh, these all the, I got all the shit for Dominic and putting it together. Oh, yeah. I mommy. Mean, like Christmas Eve night? It, no, I, I didn't do that yet, but it's the worst. It's horrible. Yeah. It, they really hard
0: <laughs> instructions. Yeah. I always think, this, the last two years, I'm like, all right, Christmas Eve night. Me and my wife are gonna have a glass of wine. We're gonna chill. Like, well, that'll be our night. I end up building like a kitchen or <laughs> something. Or it was Barbie Dream House this year. I like, was say like a Barbie yeah. house. Oh yeah. You yeah. I mean, we got a lot of Barbies at the crib, dude. Gonna, <laughs>
1: she might ask you to be Ken. Well, I'm, I'm I Ken mean, on most You know? Are you? Yeah. Well, there's yeah. a new Ken in town. So <laughs> just, I have to fuck off. Uh,
0: just no, man, I'm it. thrilled to
1: be here. Awesome headquarters, dude. I like it all. I'm Thank just you. Taking man. in it all. You got a skateboard with Boom Boom on it. You don't go by Boom Boom anymore. I know. Not that many people know. I got to change your name on my phone because it's been Cody Boom Boom since I first met you. And so every time Siri reads me the fucking notification, she goes, Cody Boom Boom (laughs) (laughs) says, be there in five. Dude, I I like it because the people
0: who call me Boom Boom are like the people who have known me for a long time, you know? It's actually kind of cool now. Yeah, It's kind of nostalgic. And those who don't, know that about me think it's really fucking weird and yeah. it is kind of weird it's a weird nickname boom boom yeah i think of uh uh what is it couples retreat when the yoga guy
1: ah uh, and he's
0: gone boom, boom 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 all
1: right yeah
0: exactly <laughs> yeah uh yeah that was uh, i remember telling um who was i was dating a girl and, and her dad was like oh so you're boom boom And i was like oh yeah yeah it's not what you think sir yeah, yeah you wanna go game. boom boom, huh? Yeah. Huh? What are you doing here, sir? He just pulls out a shotgun. Shit. You're like, I'm just I was kidding. Yeah. It's uh it's a soccer name actually. Yeah, oh, I was it it? yeah. They I don't know. We went to high school, there was this dude named Shelbert, and he uh on the fucking announcer one day called my brother Vinny Boom Boom McBroom coming down the field. And then it just stuck and then I got to the school because I got older and I played soccer with my brother and then it was like both of us were boom boom brothers and then I took it over as
1: just Cody Boom Boom. And then yeah. I was like, I'm gonna market this and then there you go. Then we scrapped it. Did you know what's crazy too? Just kinda having like a flashback here is you were um as we're sitting across from podcasting, you were you were I mean, essentially the first episode on my podcast ever. Do you know that? Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I mean, there was the trailer episode, but then you were number two, and Sam Miller was number three. Oh, shit. I'm just like, why the fuck did he agree to come on? That was really nice. I I think I told you, like, hey, (laughs) like the first episode.
0: That's dope. I did not know that. I mean, I probably knew it at the time, because you had to said it to me, but I forgot, dude. How long ago was that? Oh, man. October of 2019. Damn. So you've been podcasting three years, almost.
1: No, 28... Yeah. How long have you've I been, been podcasting? you longer than that. not If know, not, you've grown I, I, quick, no, man. I, no, that's right. It's been, yeah, it's been three years. That's right. Yeah. I'm like, how long have I been doing this? I'm looking, okay, 2019.
0: Yeah. That's pretty fucking good.
1: Yeah. So, but that's pretty cool, dude. Yeah. I'm like thinking back and, you know, how I remembered that is my, I said, yeah, I'm going to see my friend Cody. My mom asked me if I'd come over this weekend. I said, that'll be a hard no for me. I'm going to be out of town. I <laughs> had a great excuse this time. And uh, she... She said, oh, Cody, he was your first guest on the podcast. And that's I was like, how do you remember that? And I didn't. That's a mom thing to remember. Right. My mom used to print
0: out my email newsletters. <laughs> Bro, and there's a filing cabinet of them. <laughs> I'm like, God, that's a waste of fucking trees. Come on, mom. But, man, it's 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 cool to have you here. And I'm like, now that we're talking about like, before we get into questions, so if everybody listen, we're going to answer some questions that you guys sent in and uh, we'll see where that takes us. We're going to have fun with this one. But. Um, just thinking back, man, it's been cool because there's, and we've talked a little bit about this. There's very few people really at, at all in life, but in the industry alone that you actually end up like clicking with and sticking around for a long time. Cause we met in probably 2019, then 2018, 2019, um, probably 20 had to have been 2019, early 2019. I had Blakely in 2018 in yeah. in, in March. So, and that's when I started kind of like take traveling more I, that's when i quit the gym i started traveling more for stuff and we met shortly after that so, so it was, probably... was
1: october of 2018 i must have started my podcast because it just i just eclipsed over three years okay okay and then i met you in person in 2019 at one of Got uh, it. a mastermind event
0: yeah, yeah yeah and so like it's crazy because and it's super cool because now for everybody listening he's not here for any other reason but just come here it was literally yeah. like dude i want to come hang out it's like cool look flight and he's just going to take it with me uh, over at the house for the weekend but it's hard to find people in life that are like them and it's i think in this industry and, and i know somebody asked a question about this so we'll probably get into it but like we were in arizona speaking together we'll be in austin speaking together and it's really just fucking cool to see that like the evolution of us both growing doing what we yeah. love for a living and you know this this podcast is called the tailored life podcast i was talking to you about this on the way the clothing is tailored life apparel and it really is about like carving your own path doing your own thing like like not being a sheep for lack of better terms and like just doing what you think your life is called to do. It's why I sent you that sole purpose thing recently. It's like finding oh, shit, your, I do that for you. it, dude. it's it's that question alone is like, it's been really cool to see the response and all that because like figuring out your sole purpose and just going with it. Right. And just doing right. your thing consistently and t- not taking no for an answer and linking up with the right people along the way and sticking with them. I think networking in general is such a valuable, powerful thing. Unfortunately with COVID, it made it very hard for a lot of people to do, but like you can't let go of that. You can't stop that in-person networking collaboration because that's what I think people were relying so much on social media to grow their businesses and grow their coaching, all that stuff. And now look, the algorithm's fucked and everybody's stressed. And it's like, Man, the people who are still killing it and winning are the people who didn't just rely on one thing. They're building relationships. They're going and traveling. They're networking. They're doing a really good fucking job being a person to coach. So there's word of mouth and all that kind of stuff. Um, But, man, I I guess there's no point to what I'm saying besides it's just fucking cool. No,
1: there's a point, man. I I mean, I agree, dude. And it's really cool. And and, um, because if you don't go put yourself out there and go to these situations – like, listen. I mean, most importantly, at the at the base of it, dude, is like we've developed a really good friendship, dude, mm-hmm. and and like that's what matters to me the most. And sh- like, sure, we've collaborated on podcasts, this or that, but you never know, like, when you go to these events, just like who might stay in your life for four next four years. You know, yeah, yeah. it's
0: pretty cool. So I think people listen. You got to be like willing to get uncomfortable in the sense of like going to the events, talking to people, and everything. But I mean, there's even. Like, there's a few people that I can think of in the industry that I've done this with. Like, I've done a podcast or something with, and I'm just like, "Yo, let me get your number. I'm gonna text you sometime." And that's like a weird thing for people to say, right? For whatever reason, but it's because I was like, "Fuck, it, I, I want to text you, bro." Like, that <laughs> I was able to stay connected with this person and build a relationship with them. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and that that grows, you know. And like, which is funny because I was, uh, it was when Shannon asked me how the Arizona trip went, and I told her about like my talk and everything, and she was like, "What was the highlight?" And I was like, "Oh, me and Brad were watching cornhole for like an hour in my hotel room." (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, they actually show cornhole on ESPN, and it's pretty intense." And it reminded us of dodgeball, right? The way the the announcers, yeah. yeah. Uh, But I was dying. But it's like it's stuff like that 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 I remember and that like builds a relationship, builds a friendship, and now like. You're going to tell people about me being a good human. I'm going to tell people about you being a good human. We're going to like, and and for people, we do the same fucking thing, yeah, right? But us tagging each other and talking to each other and hosting each other and doing those things, it grows both of our brands. Yeah. At the end of the
1: day, we use each other to fuel each other and we grow bigger. And it's like, I was going to say that. And that's what's cool, bro. It's never even crossed my mind that I guess somebody would maybe on the outside look in and say, oh, they're competitors. I'm like, Mm -hmm. what the fuck? No, we're friends. We just both do the same thing. And it's beautiful. Like we are not like you know, neither one of us have that scarcity mindset. I've never even crossed my mind twice. I'm yeah. like, oh, like we do the exact same thing. Like, you know, this might, this is not the exact same thing, but it was funny. I was telling my mom when we can go on to the, the questions, probably what people really want to hear. But um, when, when my mom asked me and she was like, oh, I know you guys were that close. And I said, no, we are. I said, he lives in a different state. And I said, you know, we both got busy lives. And I said, but the friends that matter the most to me is that, if I don't see them for six months or a year, or I don't talk to them for a whole quarter. Like the minute we catch up, it's like we never left a beat. And like on the the like the surface shit, like you know, I'm super big into sports, although not as much anymore because it just fucks with me emotionally. And it's been a huge like emotional maturity moment for me to like not invest so much into that because yeah. it's a dead end game, especially with the teams I like. But it's like you know, you skateboard. I've never even been on a skateboard. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe we don't have in common in those things, but the things that carry depth and weight and that actually matter, we have the most in common out of yeah. me of my friends. And that's all that matters to me. Yeah, I used to like, oh, like he's in the sports, I'm in the sports, or I like this team, he likes that team, we can be friends. And yeah. I just don't have time for that shit anymore. I'm like, I want people that I have real conversations about real shit that matters. It's such a good point, and, man. And that we align on yeah. all those things. You it's know? such
0: a good point, dude. I think, that's, I think that's what's missing in a lot of, but that's what happens when people don't, fucking get face to face or talk about real shit or, or okay. Talking about real shit. You know, I know you guys do the the next level experience and you guys get probably pretty vulnerable with some of the conversations. And I know I do one-on-one with the people who have mentored me or people I mentor at times as well, but man, having conversations like that is really what opens your eyes to what life's about and finding out about other people. And it's hard to find people that are willing to have those deep ass conversations and not judge you for whatever your beliefs are. You're thinking like, who gives a fuck, you know? Um, I don't want to get onto a tangent about that, yeah. but but uh, but no, man, I I couldn't agree more. No. I'm super grateful for it. I think it's uh it's been it's been a wild journey the last like four or five years, and like the 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 cool like ups and downs of the industry and of the people and and everything, and the fact that we're just still like kicking it throughout it all is super cool. So yeah,
1: dude, my my circle has gotten and and like just by proxy, it, it wasn't even. I think there's a cool part about about growth personally was there was a period in my time where I realized okay. I probably got to like narrow down my friends. There's some people that don't contribute to my life, but I'd say over the last two years, probably, it just happened organically. It wasn't even all of a sudden before I knew it, just like it just got smaller and smaller. And, uh, and you're, dude, you're, you're right there in the middle of it. So I'm yeah. grateful for that. Like I just, I used to have a million best friends. I'm like, oh, dude, I got like five to 10 ride or die people. Like that's it. And that's all I need, you know? Yeah. And, and I got a lot of people I like and more acquaintances, but. I'm careful to just throw around the the term like, oh yeah, that's my good friend. I used to call everyone my good friend. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they're not really my good friend. Like I know them and we're cool, but that yeah. doesn't mean like yeah. necessarily friends. Yeah. That's my guy. Yeah, that's my that's <laughs> my guy.
0: That's my boy. That's yeah, that's a better term for it. Yeah. Um. All right, dude. Let's let's get into some fucking questions. I'm sure these will like end up ranting a bit. Um. You want me to go first? or You. You're the guest. You can you can fire away first, man. No, you
1: can't. I mean, I got very few questions from my. We probably should have done
0: that ahead of time instead of like relatively close, but I got, I got a good one, man. Let's, uh, let's start with this one might actually be a serious debate, uh, from coach Cody Smith. Who has more tattoos? Oh,
1: I think you, you, because you I a, just have my arms. Oh, you don't have anything on your body. I, mean, I got my neck. Right. My face tattoo. You can't see it cause it's glow in the dark. Bro. We,
0: so <laughs> we finally get back on YouTube. I've been telling you this. I'm all excited. Right. Post our video, we're like, I'm like, all right, let's this let's get this up. The first comment, now you need some face tats. Oh, I'm like, did you like the
1: fucking video? Yeah, right. <laughs> YouTube's brutal because they got the dislike feature, bro. They don't fuck around. They I know, didn't, they like, actually- it on know. They dislike it. I'm like, they should put it on that on Instagram, you yeah. know? He dislikes. I just give me? Well,
0: I actually I emailed uh, YouTube customer service because the dislike is offensive. I don't like it. <laughs> And it triggers me. Bro, it's and I want brutal. To remove it. <laughs> Did you just, really? No. Oh. God no. Come on, man, you know me. I was like, <laughs> wow, Cody's
1: gone soft. I'm like, Travis, you should quit, bro. <laughs> God no, man.
0: All right, well apparently I have more tattoos. I think you is, do because you do. got
1: your uh, yeah, you got your chest done, your leg. I'm uh, my back's I've just got my arms because I had to spend the whole year at one point getting my arm redone because I had to cover up my cover up covered up my tattoos. You know the story about my tattoo, right? The At misspelled what point does your... No. Ah, bro. So see those dice right there? Uh, you guys can't on air, obviously, but I had this thing I and it said, life's, it really. life's a gamble. I'm all in. Okay, it was a guy named Ruckus. He had an ankle monitor on. Ruckus was not his real name. <laughs> Seemed like a really friendly dude. We were uh, doing some uh, recreational narcotics in the garage and he said, I'll tat you up, bro. So I said, okay. So we do it. First off, it was like a big gambling thing. I don't gamble. <laughs> secondly it's supposed to say life's a gamble and at the bottom it says on all end problem was it said life's a gamble. the oh. l and the e were switched now i'm not sure gambel is a word but it's definitely not spelled right so it's really small and cursive i i'm 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 this is when i'm in my active addiction i'm getting high two months goes by i go to a family party my brother said oh new tat huh i go yeah and i'm showing it to him and he looks at it and they start laughing and there he calls over my other brothers and i said what's going on here and they're all laughing, and they go, "Dude, you're a jackass. You have a misspelled word in your." I was like, "No, I don't. Gam Gamble Bell. Shit. Oh God, dude, I had a misspelled, and then I just kept it there for like the- until I got sober, like a year and a half later. <laughs> so right when I got sober, I covered it up." But the cover-up was so shitty that, like, it just looked like, so I had to then cover up the cover-up. It was a whole process. Oh, God.
0: Man, that's like... uh, Like the no
1: regrets. Yeah, I was just going to say, No regrets. and He's like, not
0: a single one? None? (laughs) (laughs) Not one, huh? Dude, so I got... uh, The only time I've ever done... I have one cover-up. And when I was doing my sleeve at the beginning... So I started getting tattooed at 17, so I was like... I was limited to what tattoo shops would work with me. And uh, I started getting Seattle piece, so I have Seattle and I have a quote from the Bible above and everything. And initially inside everything's cool, and on the back I had red writing and it said Opus Day. Opus Day was Latin and it was uh, by the grace of God, right? I thought it was. It's very subtle difference. And actually Opus Day was a satanic cult oh, in Spain oh. in the eighteen hundreds. Oh. Yeah, so I was uh, I had Basically branded myself with a satanic cult. Oh, and on the other side, a, a quote from the Bible. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I got. Uh, you can kind of see it back there. I got a uh, uh, kaizen. Oh yeah, over yeah. It. But like, you can see a little bit of red in there. It was very thin writing, thankfully. Oh man. But yeah, so satanic and somebody cult. actually That's called called me out on that. I was dating a girl, and she was religious enough to know. And she oh, was wow. like, "Yeah, you probably shouldn't have that on." Or should, have you really googled that? And I'm like, "No, not really. I mean, it just." yeah it looks cool what are you talking about looks dope
1: (laughs) devil worshiper exactly (laughs) uh all right fire away um let's see here we got uh well that's not really a question so favorite thing to do outside of fitness i mean i'm probably gonna sound kind of like a
0: alcoholic because having some drinks i mean like for me to be completely honest with you, and this, I think I actually, this is this is a good topic because I actually battled with this a little bit personally where I almost, I was like searching so bad for a hobby. Like I was like, I got to skate more or like I got to learn guitar or I got to go like pick up the soccer ball. Like I was trying so hard to like get back into things. Um, bro, I bought a fucking, it's so funny now, but like a, the nicest sketchbook and set of pencils that you could ever see. Like the nicest pencil money can
1: buy. <laughs> like if I spend money on this, I will do yeah, it. Yeah, I was
0: like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start drawing again because I used to love drawing. I, I, never did that. I think I drew Olaf and Blue's Clues once for Blakely because she was sitting right there and she really wanted me to draw it. And I'll draw for her. Um, but like, I was searching for hobbies and everything. And then at a certain point, I was like, you know what? Like, I fucking love working. Like honestly, so when I'm not working, I'm, I'm basically just, I'm, I'm hanging out with my daughter and wife. Like that's basically it um very rarely will I go do stuff out with friends or anything like this just because it's just I just don't have as much time but I think for a while I felt bad for wanting to work like people would look at that like I'm a workaholic or I have no balance and then I started really thinking like who defines balance you know what I mean balance is not about time balance is about like filling your life doing what the fuck you love and there's not a lot of people who can say that 10 hours a day, I do what the fuck I love. I wake up between 5.30 and 6, and I start doing what I love until 5 p.m., and then I go home and hang out with my girls. I do that every day, and on the weekends, a lot of times I wake up and work because I'm like, I want to do something. I want to create. I want to write. I want to be uh, – I want to influence people, impact people. Uh, now that we're doing the apparel stuff, I'm like working on new designs because when we do the launch, we have to have X amount of designs. Like, it's great that the hobby produces something that people can benefit from and makes my family money, but um, – I don't really have anything outside of that, dude. Mm. And I'm okay with that now. You know, I like to train, obviously, but that's part of what we do, too. If I didn't train, probably wouldn't buy coaching from us. I mean, yeah. Probably should practice what I preach. Yeah. Um, but man, I'm a foodie. So, like, if, if the, the rare occasion that I'm doing something different, it's usually like going out to a nice dinner or making some nice food or eating a fat charcuterie board with some wine and shit like that. dumb movies. Yeah. Like old comedies.
1: Offensive humor. Charcuterie. Yeah. Charcuterie. Charcuterie. Yeah, dude, I couldn't agree more with all of that. I um you like going to jazz games, right? Yeah, you know, I bought ha- I bought half season tickets this year, but uh when you have split custody of a kid, and you don't get to pick what games you get. Um I think I went to like 7 of my 22. <laughs> I just gave away the, cuz they all they started falling on Monday nights. I do my next level course, we're moving it to the day, thank God. Um Every Monday night, then every Wednesday night I have my son, then every other weekend. And my games just kept falling on a Monday, Wednesday or that weekend. Oh yeah. And so and and I, I enjoy going to sporting events. Like I do. I enjoy going those, but I've I've definitely this year had the most growth of getting away from that. Like I mean, I would get I was a fanatic. Like that's what the term fan means. And it was not healthy. I mean, it was causing issues. Like I had to have a 10-minute rule where I stomped my feet and threw a tantrum like a five-year-old. And then the girl I was dating last year, when the Jazz lost in the playoffs, and it was epic. They they were down, they were up by 25, blew the whole game, and I'm watching it, and I'm just thinking, this is the worst thing that's ever happened in my life. And I said that, and she said, this is not, that's not true. Like you were homeless, addicted to heroin. I was like, no, this is the worst thing. And she goes, but it's not, babe. And I I snapped on her. Yeah, I, I caused a big fight. And uh, she stormed out and left, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? And so, this year, I actually uh, have reined it in. So, I do enjoy watching sports, but I'm far less emotionally involved. But, dude, outside of my kid, like, I I mean, I I, now that, you know, I only have split custody of him, and, and, um, you know, I love spending time with him. And same thing, dude. I kind of thought, like, oh, I got to get some hobbies. I did get a little into hiking. Now that I kind of live in Utah, it's beautiful. And that's cool, but i don't I'm cool with not having all these hobbies, like I work a lot and and I enjoy but yeah. when you don't when you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work yeah when when a career and a passion collide, it's just a beautiful thing because yeah. if if I hate i think the people that are workaholics sometimes are the people that actually dislike what they do, but they they keep doing it yeah. because they're addicted to the money, or or they have to keep up with their lifestyle, or whatever. Or they hate their wife, so yeah. they just work. I love what I do, so you know. I mean, I don't feel when I flop open my laptop on a Saturday morning at ten a.m. because I had a good idea coming with the content. I don't think. Oh, I'm working. I'm going on the clock. Yeah. I'm just doing what I do. Yeah. So yeah. I remember when you used to talk about that when we were yeah. part of the same coaching group, and I remember the, our mentor at the time was like, "Yeah, bro, you got to get a hobby. You go. You got a skateboard." Yeah. And like it made sense to me at the time, but now, now I'm in the same place as you. I'm like, but why? Yeah. If you, are you fulfilled and happy? Your girls bring you a ton of enjoyment. Work brings you a ton of fulfillment and enjoyment. You have some beers on the weekend, hang out, have some good food. to Shannon like? Seems like a beautiful life to me. Fucking American dream, bro. That's what
0: I want to do. And I think like, uh, it really is like other people, because even people listening, some people might say, and this is not me trying to like piss you off, but if it pisses you off, then like take it and like actually consider this as something that you might want to push yourself to change what you do for a living. But a lot of times people, I think they hear that and they go, oh, that's so taboo. Like, you know, do what you love and it's not work or whatever. Like, but that's because you haven't experienced it yet. I've done jobs that I didn't fucking like, but once you get into a career that you truly love and you can truly like follow through with, I think it's just, man, it's different. Um, I heard somebody, uh, funny enough, it was Mike Isretel, which he's not like somebody that you would think to listen to for like career stuff. Right. But he had said, uh, he basically said he used to train these, uh, like stock people. What are they like? Uh, capital investors and shit like that. Right. And one of them said, he asked one of them, like, because the guy said he didn't like what he did, right, compared to Mike. Mike was a trainer. Mike liked training people, liked fitness. And Mike asked him, how much money would you pay to be able to never do your job again? And it was like, damn, like, I'm making, like, literally millions of dollars, but I would literally give millions of dollars to not have to do this shit ever again. So it's like, at what point do you just stop and, like go chase what you love for a living. You know what I mean? Like eat dirt for a little bit if you got to do that to create something that you love. And to me, there's, there's never been like, I don't know. Like I felt like I needed to find hobbies because of that. But man, I, I've been so fulfilled. And I'll, I'll be honest too. Like I have like my ADHD makes me have to do something. So even on like on a Sunday, Shannon will be like, let's just chill. And I like the idea of it. And I'll chill for like, five minutes and I'm like, I'm going to go clean something real quick. And I'll like go wipe something down and then go sit down again. And I'm like tightening stuff up because I have to be going. So for me, I think, uh, work is a positive sedation. You know, a lot of times people go to drugs, alcohol, uh, even like overtraining because they have to like fix that emptiness feeling. And it's not that I'm empty, but to me, if I'm not moving or creating or doing something like I get kind of bored, complacent. So I like being creative and producing or helping people just happens to be a very positive
1: sedation yeah 100 you know? but that's why i do travels uh travel a big thing for me and um i, tra- I travel i mean i say a lot but like quarterly i try to take a vacation because that's the one time but i even struggle then if it goes too long where i can just like chill mm-hmm. so i kind of force myself to get out of the environment um bro are you are you a uh i don't know
0: if it's introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert but are you that way like, because you're, you're a very easy person to talk to and stuff. Yeah. But, like, I know for me, like, one of the reasons why I like traveling is because nobody knows me. I don't know anybody. I can sit by myself. Like, I enjoy traveling alone because it's, like, quiet and I can just, do you know, do my thing. I also don't like clubs and, like, packed mm-hmm. areas. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's not my thing. And I don't like being around, like, a ton of people. Like, to me, a, a dope party is, like five really cool dudes that just want to kick it and like talk and have a beer you know like i don't like just craziness and chaoticness that's why like even before like seattle got kind of crazy with the pandemic and the riots and stuff but even before that i didn't i stopped
1: liking it as much because there was just so much people in such a confined area well it's very energetically draining too like i mean i'm definitely an extrovert but i i think i think that uh part of my emotional maturity has been abs like really deeply understanding the value of being a tr- I was terrified to be alone. My first mm. four years of sobriety, being alone in my own head was like a prison, dude. Yeah. Even like even into like four years. And I would say the last I mean, really the last three or four. And I've really gotten like where I, I need that kind of just like me time and just yeah. escape. And um but I'm definitely an extrovert but I'm I also have really I would have been a hundred percent extrovert if you asked me this three years ago, but now I'm yeah and extroverted no an introverted extrovert i don't know I don't or know.
0: maybe like an extrovert who and who understands because i would like so for me i was the same way like i almost like i hated being alone so much that i had to be with somebody I had yes. to be doing something and i remember getting in my first float tank and freaking the fuck out and jumping out within like 10 minutes because i was getting so much anxiety and i started working on it but uh i was able to do it eventually but i think meditation and those kind of things eventually taught float me how to tanks do that are awesome well tanks are dope I was yeah. freaked out the first time, but funny enough, when I went to first form, uh, Damien, after I got done talking with Andy for a little bit, he said the same thing about Andy. He was like, man, you would think I, you would think Andy's an extrovert because you hear him with so much confidence talking on the podcast stuff, but he apparently doesn't like to travel much. He doesn't like to go out and do things because he doesn't like being in a big crowd of people, but like you get behind a mic, it's a different thing. You know, it's just you and one person. And I think there's a lot more people than you would realize that are kind of that way. You know yeah, what I mean? A
1: hundred percent. Yep.
0: Um, but no, that's a that's a good question, man. Did you ask that one? Yeah, yeah, you did. All right. Um I said, what do you want to hear? Everything. Two of my favorite podcasts in one. Oh, well, I'm so you. jazzed. No pun intended. <laughs> uh-huh. She didn't say no pun intended. Oh, but I did. Oh. Dad joke. Um Love this. His story is amazing. His story is amazing. Shannon wants to hear your story, but she doesn't want to ask you to hear your story, bro. Oh, well, I told her it's amazing. Oh, and just, she's like, I don't want to be that person. Like I'm like,
1: Oh, no, I like, love talking about yeah, it.
0: I was Like, do it, because then, yeah. I, I was like, <laughs> Brad said, thank you for letting a convicted felon sleep in your house.
1: I said, <laughs> tell Shannon thanks in advance for letting a, a convict stay in her house. She might not know that, but I have a record for a forgery and burglary, so I promise I will not steal anything. <laughs> I will be on my best behavior. We wake up, everything's gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, you go to the pawn shop next week. You're like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: no. That um, so
0: funny. She was she she like looked at me, kind of like, "What?" I was like,
1: "It's fine. It's, <laughs> it was a joke. It's a joke. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't it was, a joke, but it was like twelve years, yeah. two thousand nine. So <laughs> he's fine. We're good. Um, all right, uh,
0: Becca Becker fit blessing meeting you two in Scottsdale. Advice for new coaches feeling overwhelmed, trying to learn a, to start a business. Wait, trying to learn start a business and build relationships? Question mark. So basically, like. Yeah, advice for new coaches feeling overwhelmed trying to mm. do all this shit
1: mm. I mean you know first off I, I would say it, it can be overwhelming so like and and it's okay it, if you care enough it should feel a little overwhelming at first but I mean there's so many different ways we could go with this but I think just one thing you had already spoke about was try to go to all these live events pay the money go meet people go with the intention of meeting people you know and I've said this before, and it's no disrespect to him. Well, it is disrespect to him. But um, the the mentor we shared, like, the, it, it just got to a point where it no longer was really aligning with what I needed. And yeah. that was okay. Like, I, I was resentful at it first. And now, years later, I look back and I said, dude, it's okay. Like, it's not necessarily that I outgrew him. Just really, like, the message he was giving me no longer aligned because mm-hmm. I changed during yeah. that time. And I used to hold that against him, and I don't anymore. Like, he was doing the best he knew how, and that message at first attracted me. But almost a year later, I had grown up a little more, and I was like, oh, I need something different. But I got resentful, and then I had this whole shift when I was like, you know what, though? I one of my best friends I met through that, I met so many other great connections, all these events. I met tons of cool people. Um, I built relationships with guys like mind pump Adam at the last one. I've got his cell phone number now. We occasionally text like that's because I put myself out there and said that. Yeah. So like go meet people, go network. And, and, um, as soon as you can, this is probably going to overwhelm them for me saying this, spend a hundred thousand dollars on Instagram ads a month. I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> as soon as you can and you have the option to hire like a virtual hi- yeah. Offload a few of the things that you're like, I do not want to do this in my business. And you have to you have to start making some money before you can start paying other yeah. people. But even just a virtual assistant isn't gonna cost you that much money. But like just some of the tedious tasks of your business is why all of a sudden you feel overwhelmed when you're like, But I've got a coach, I gotta be a good coach, I gotta grow, yeah. I gotta get referrals, I gotta do this, like yeah.
0: there's so much good stuff in there, dude. I think that a lot of people and we've all done this, like when you're an entrepreneur, you're kind of a control freak. So you try to control things for too long when you should be just offloading stuff. And I know I like I remember I mean, this is years ago now when I first hired the first person, but I remember my accountant literally going, dude, you have to pay yourself more or else you're going to get fucked in taxes and fees and all that shit. Like you have to like spend more because I was literally just trying to pay other people to do anything I could. Every time I made more money, I was like, all right, you can do more of this. You can do more of this. I'm like, let's delegate. Once I finally like Mm -hmm. let go of some responsibilities, it's like, I'm just going to push this shit to other people because one, some of the stuff that you're talking about, like delegating, nobody knows who the fuck does that. So, like, you don't need to do it. Yeah. They know who's in front of the camera. They know who's behind the email. They know who's on the phone. Do what you're meant to do, which is coaching. You're not a meant to do billing and structures and systems. And, I mean, there's some shit on the behind the scenes of tech and in our, our, we use Entreport for a system Dude, so I have no do. idea what Bro, the fuck is I don't going even
1: on. know how to open entreport. Dude, it's nice. If Sean left, because Sean manages most of Entreport for me, I, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I would just close my business. I literally have never even gone to the website. I'm like, is it a website? Is it an app? Yeah. I have no clue. I should maybe you should learn a little more, but as of right now, man, I no, just because I don't
0: want to. Dude, that takes your energy and your time away from doing what you're really good at doing. Yeah. You know, and then we have people Travis smiling over here because he he does all the entreport shit for me. And so, but that's, that's it is.
1: like a whole nother language. I'm like, Hey, I dude, need this new form. And he's like, all right, it's going to be a minute. I'm like, why? He's like, dude, I have to build it into Entreport. These features aren't just there. And I'm like, why? <laughs> there's so many things. <laughs> and then he starts answering right. and then I go, I actually don't care. Why did I ask yeah. why?
0: Right. I don't actually want to know. Yeah. There's so many things where I asked Trav and I'm like, kind of expecting
1: it to be, like, done in, like, an hour. I'm like, <laughs> you can you too. just do
0: this real quick? And he was like, do you understand what like, I have hey, to do? I'm like, hey, I need a landing that?
1: page by four. He yeah. was like, it's not going to happen. I'm it's like, why? <laughs> why? Just write the words on there. Yeah. but So, like, 100%.
0: Like, delegate that shit so you can just you know, focus on your superpower, which is coaching. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that, that's a huge tip. And I also think something you said about – um I had this a lot with my dad and it taught me how to do it more with mentors. So I never resented any of the mentors I had because at a certain point like you said like he was doing the best he could at the time for what he knew and you got so many other things out of it. But as human beings for whatever fucking reason we're so like designed to focus right on the negative thing and get so worked up or triggered or offended or resentful or anything, right? Instead of feeling grateful for the opportunity and trying to pull away positive things, which again, there's a bunch of people that are like, oh, okay, that's foo-foo. But you're the person that's sitting in negativity if you're thinking that, you know what I mean? It's the people who do those taboo things and those positive affirmations, they're the ones fucking winning every single week.
1: 100%.
0: So I had that with my dad for a long time because I don't think, like I look at how, I act as a business owner and a father and I, I'm, I'm doing things that he never did, but it's because he didn't do it. And I felt how it felt to not receive it, right? And for a long time I resented him, but then I realized like, man, if I peel it back and I actually had a conversation with him about it, man, he was doing everything in his power to do what was right in his mind. He just didn't actually know what was right for me right? He thought he was doing the right thing and we've all been there. So I was able to step back and go like, man, I understand. And I appreciate you trying to do what you can. And now I, I can be a way better father because of it and a business owner. Like that's perfect. Mm. So being able to do that is huge. And, and I've always done the same thing with mentors. Like I've had a few mentors in my life that it didn't end on the best terms for whatever reason. And now things are fine as far as I know. And they're never like bad, but it was, I never resented their way because I was like, man, I got so much from you over the years, and I didn't do anything wrong, so there's nothing on, on my conscience. But I got so much out of this, whether they realize or not. Yeah, you know what I mean, that's why we're sitting around
1: in front of the table. Yeah, hundred percent. Drinking like resentment is just like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die from it. It's mm-hmm. like it's just hurting you. Yeah. And when you can zoom out and you can truly go, okay, but what good came from this? And you start writing a list. You're like, you know what? And it really came to a place where I'm just like, yeah. I mean, his the message aligned with me at first. I kind of grew up and changed. I had some things happen that kind of forced me to in my life and it just it, it no longer was like that kind of fit. And instead of being resentful about that, you just go, This is great. Like I appreciate so much what yep. you've done for me and then you go on your way. Yeah. Hundred you know? percent. And so
0: Um Yeah, I mean, so like I agree with everything he said as far as uh, you know, not getting overwhelmed. I would say the uh, the only other thing I would add to this is stop giving a fuck in general, I think that's the biggest problem is like people care so much about not just what other people think, but I, I think a lot of times young coaches put pressures on themselves because they're so worried. Like they're going to post on Instagram and Lane Norton's going to see it and fucking call him out and shit on him. And I promise you, he's not going to see, see a single thing you fucking post until you have a half a million followers or something like that. Or you post something that you shouldn't be posting because it's just ass backwards. So if you're really just posting helpful shit, you're going to be fine. Like don't, don't, you'll be fine. Don't worry about what other people think. Don't worry about how much likes you get. Don't worry about any of that. Just do you and just keep taking action. Keep moving forward. The more you fear judgment or failure or in doubt yourself, the worse it gets. And action, taking action on anything is the only way to consistently remove self-doubt and build self-belief because every single time you don't do something, you are just basically proving to yourself that you can't do it. And that fuels self-doubt, right? So you doubt yourself because you don't believe you can take action. You don't believe you can accomplish something. Well, every time you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, you lie to yourself. And you just proved yourself right.
1: Yep. You can't do it. So just start fucking taking action even if you fail. Dude, 100%. What she said right there and then we can move on was, you know, I, I, one of my coaches that works for me, we had a call and she, you know, she's a little frustrated and she wants she, you know, wants, wants to grow more than she is. I mean, she's doing good. But she said, what can I do on my end, Right. And I said, well, you know, let's look at your social media. And she said, oh, I know, don't look at it right now because I quit posting as much because I don't get many likes. She's got 500 followers, right? I mean, it used to be, I mean, she started the account when she started coaching for me. I'm like, well, you need a social media presence, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, so you stopped because you don't get enough likes. What, what is the number of likes that would have made you kept going? well I, I don't know and I said I want you to reframe this instead of thinking about how many likes you get I want this to be your virtual business card no one hands out a fucking business mm. card anymore when someone sees you on the website or they heard you on my podcast or you're in the newsletter and they go click on your Instagram because people do now they go check like that's yeah. what what you're coaching about and so just reframing some of this shit social media is just it's it's all an illusion you know how many fucking people I know with 600,000 800,000 followers that are broke yeah oh yeah and I know people with fifteen hundred followers are making a million dollars a year. Yeah. Like it's such an illusion. I've of given success. business
0: to advice to people that have such bigger followings than me, and and that was a paradigm shift for me a yes, few years 100%. ago. And I was like, "Wow, why am I doing?" Like I didn't get it at first, and now it makes sense. And it's funny too because I even think about we were talking about the Instagram algorithm on the way here in the truck, and it's funny because I, I I've I've had situations where I don't get engagement, and part of your brain thinks that you're like, "Fuck, this isn't getting any likes," and you immediately are like my shit sucks compared to so-and-so's or everybody else is getting tons of engagement because I see their shit all the time. And then I thought about it. I'm like, I have no idea how many likes they get. None. I don't look. I don't give a fuck. So, like, nobody's, like, putting a magnifying glass to how many likes you get, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless you do stuff like what we talked about on the way here. I finally, because of that, I was like, actually, I want to look and see. And I literally did the percentage of somebody we know who has a really big following. I'm like, how, what percentage of their followers actually likes their shit? And I was like, oh, Actually on a percentage
1: basis, I'm getting more engagement. Right. And Just it was like they have, you know, fifteen thousand likes or ten thousand likes yeah, or
0: But they got a million followers. It's yeah, a different story. You're you like,
1: know? Oh, so you boil it down. Yeah. Right?
0: And it's just a, it's I don't know, it's just a, it's a funny, funny game, it's a funny world. I think, uh, yeah. but I like the whole business card thing. I think that's actually a really, really good way to put Dude, it. And
1: you're producing content. That that part of your job should be fun. It should be a way to educate people, mm-hmm. not about the immediate gratification of how many likes you yeah. get,
0: and retaining your own clients. I don't think a lot of people. I tell my coach this all the time. No, like post stuff thing. that is going to teach your clients things, because then it it removes them needing to. Ask you the question because you're teaching them constantly right mm-hmm. it's going to save time from communication and it's going to allow them to be empowered to learn more right and then when they check in with you they're like hey i learned all this shit from following your content right and then guess what the people that work with you are just like the people who we want to work with you so the clients you haven't got yet are basically the same fucking people as the people who already work with you right because they all have the same fucking problems right
1: dude all so, of true. Us. so true but that's um, good man all right. I just got one more that came in. Okay. Um, love you guys. Thank you. My question is reverse dieting. Do you feel like most coaches hold on the grammars, but most coaches take far too long to do it is what they're saying. I, I guess the question I'm, I'm, I, I know it only gives you so many characters, so yeah. you should have left out the love you guys, but yeah. I really <laughs> appreciate it. Um, uh, I'm glad you squeezed um, that in. Yes. Um, do you, do you think that uh, as a whole that when people reverse diet they take entirely too long to get out of the deficit
0: so i have i have mixed feelings about this i think that yes and no like there's it, there's it always it depends you know <laughs> what i mean like there's always different sat- uh, categories but the I I think there's a problem in the nutrition space in the fitness industry right now where people are afraid to put people on diets. They're so afraid to drop calories and they think like metabolic damage is going to happen or they have this client that is 50 pounds overweight and they're like, well, we have to start with a reverse diet because she's under eating. And I'm like, I promise she's she's not. not. She's not. She wouldn't be 50 pounds overweight if she was. She's not. No, she doesn't know how to track properly. So teach her, educate her on how to track and let's get her to trust you enough to tell you what's actually going on on the weekends or on the late nights when she doesn't track her food. You know what I mean? So like- I think there's, there's, a, there's a few problems here, and one of the problems, I think, is that the recovery diet came out, and recovery diet was built by uh, 3DMJ, Eric Helms, love those guys, really, really smart, but a lot of people forget that it was designed for bodybuilders getting absolutely shredded, and for those of you, I know both of us have, who have gotten on stage, when you are absolutely shredded, I mean, like, we called it dick's, dick skin lean, like, you're just so fucking lean, it's like your wrist, like, yeah. you know what I mean, just, it's just skin, there's no fat there, you feel like shit. Yes. You really do need a recovery diet. And that means you got to bump your calories up quick because you need to re- improve your biofeedback immediately. But when I work with somebody who's like I just want to be leaner, we can go kind of slow because you didn't get that lean. You got as lean as you should be, which is definitely leaner than the average American, but that's not saying much. Right. It's, it's getting as lean as possible that's sustainable and at that point i think you can go slow however i do think there's like this maintenance range so there's definitely no point in i know they used to call it like five gram you to death and you just add five grams of carbs every couple weeks like that's Which just is so insignificant it's so ridiculous you don't even notice that it's like no. three gra- grains of rice like yeah. you're good a strawberry <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i
1: want you to add a strawberry this week <laughs> can you add a fourth of an orange and then cut that in half <laughs> so we're gonna do an eighth so ridiculous. It, it, people did that
0: shit, but I think that, so like if you end your diet at, let's say you're a, you're a female and you are on the lighter side, let's say you do end at 1,100, 1,200 calories, which is like, to get really lean, it's not crazy. Maybe you started at 2,000, and let's say now that you've dropped 15 pounds, your maintenance is probably 1,800. I would probably jump up to like 1,600, and that's a pretty quick, big jump, but we know you're not at maintenance now, for example, but that's a safer bet. You're not dying, you're not in, in like any... Negative biofeedback, you still have your period, everything like that. Cool, let's just jump you right up, but not all the way up so we can build you up slowly. Because if you lost weight, you want to keep that weight loss off. But again, if you went from like 11 or 1200 to like 1250 to 1300 to 1350, now you're just dragging on the deficit. By the time you get to whatever your maintenance is, you're going to gain the same amount of weight in six weeks as you would have in six days if you just jumped it up. You know what I mean? So I definitely think there's a point where you got to stop worrying about going so slow with the reverse diet. But I do think there's a lot of people who are afraid to diet. There's a lot of people who don't necessarily need to jump calories up too aggressively because they didn't get that lean. And if you can handle a slow reverse, there are some times that I think it's applicable. I would agree. But it's a touchy subject, you know. It's hard. Exactly. It's, I it mean, depends. Yeah,
1: 100%. I agree. I, I don't know if I could add any more to that because it's it. it really depends on the situation, I think. How long has this person been dieting? How lean did they get, right? I mean, mm-hmm. what kind of biofeedback are they... I mean, my reverses can be really slow in the example you gave. Or sometimes I'm out of I'm out of it. In two or th- or I've done an eight-week mini cut with somebody who was already pretty lean. And we were just trying to get to that next level. Yeah. I got her out of it pretty quick. I yeah. was just like, cool. Like, let's raise you back. I think it took two or three weeks. So it really depends. And like you said, it's... um, Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm glad reverse dieting exists, but you're right. There's this phobia of like dieting people. And I think part of it too, another side of it is like the, the anti-diet culture, mm-hmm. culture, right? Like, Oh, yeah. like, well, you should love your body at any size. And the people, what I say to those people is I love my business, but I can want my business to be better. Yeah. Like you can love your body and yeah. you want it to be better. But I agree, man. I think that, um, it's a really dependent situation. Well, so
0: do loving your body at any side is different than healthy at yes. any size because it's, <laughs> the, the number one cause of disease factors going up, immune suppression, all-cause mortality, um, all kinds of shit, is obesity. And it's adipose tissue. It's getting more fat on your body. So how can we say that you're healthy at any size if we know quite literally, based on science, you are literally not healthy? And the other thing to remember, too, is that um, a calorie deficit is actually more closely associated with longevity than a calorie surplus. Yeah. So like it's actually healthier to like eat less. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, more. obviously, we don't want people chronically dieting. We're not saying that, but it's it's not it's it's not unhealthy to diet. And every once in a while, you got to dig deep. And, and I'm going to be in the same situation. I told you, I'm basically doing a mini cut, it's eight week cut before the shoot. We're going to get pretty aggressive. It just started this week. We're going to reverse quick, and I want to start building muscle afterwards. So I'm not like you know. And I show you my picture. I'm already pretty lean, so it's not like it's going to be. I'm going to get pretty shredded, and then I'm just going to go right back to here because this is when I'm happy. You know what yeah. I mean? There's no point in me going super slow. Um, but it's a good question. I think it's a, I think it's crazy that people are so afraid to diet people down now. It's like, yeah, agree. Yeah. All right. And actually, you know what I'm going to do too, is like when I start getting towards the tail end of this guy, I'm going to share my calories so people can see like, cause I know for me, man, like I really don't get lean, lean until I start touching like 16, 1700 calories. That's Wait, when I'm what? like super lean. Yeah. That's what I, I sit all day at a fucking desk and I'm not a huge human being. Do I'm you get five thousand steps in or no? No, I'm, I, we just upped it to 11, and I'm like, I got to work for it. I got to walk every night after Blake goes down to sleep. Oh. Yeah. So, like, I'm not super, super active compared to what people think. I'm also only 175 pounds. I'm 5'9". I'm not like a huge human being. You're like, you're probably what, 5'10, 5'11?
1: 5'10 and a quarter, but okay. I don't know who's <laughs> keeping track at home. <laughs> and you're probably like,
0: what, two? Let's guess. 214.
1: Whoa. That was really good. I'm 213 and a half. That no was really shit. good. That's, he was like, he was looking, he was like, eh, upper body, you would be 220, but those fucking legs, you were about 214.
0: Uh, I know your body, I'm supposed bro. to trade legs
1: here. I know. You saw me in uh, in my Speedo. I, it's funny. The first I coached time him I, for people listening Yeah, for I took my progress pictures naked, and Cody had a problem with it. I was I like, bro, put, to, put an emoji over it or something, <laughs> bro. Come on, like. So then I just wore a really tight, I'm just kidding. I just wore <laughs> boxer briefs like, like a normal human.
0: Bro, side rant, have you, have you seen Wiz Khalifa's Instagram lately? Do you follow no. him? Do you follow him? oh my god that guy like he's training like a madman it's pretty dope he's actually getting kind of jacked And he was like super scrawny he used to oh fight.
1: so scrawny
0: but this guy trains like no shirt and then the smallest spandex you can get and mind you he's seven foot tall he's literally like six eight i think oh is he really oh dude he's huge he looks like an alien on stage it's pretty nuts but he's wearing the tiniest spandex and like i was like why and he's doing like muay thai and like kicking and getting kind of it's kind of kind of uncomfortable watching and i went into his comments i was dying the the dick jokes and his comments oh were hilarious I'll have to check it out yeah now. he was doing it on purpose it was funny <laughs> um all right this is this is a really good one uh because I think it's I'll be interested to hear what you say because I I think he has it ass backwards um and I love this guy Paul Klingin uh I've known him for he's actually Seattle too I like him a lot um I've worked with him many times so shout out to Paul um setting identity the same way you set goals and then he just said his story is super interesting but like the way I took that is like like how to set your identity the same way you set goals, or do you set your identity the way you set your your goals? To me, I think that's asked backwards because I think your identity is set by who you are. It's already set. Like you don't, you are who you are. I think actually it should be like set goals and own your identity,
1: right? Like own who you are kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, I wouldn't even really. I mean, I think that if you're setting your goals based off, you know, not only what you want to accomplish in life, but also what's integrous to you and, and, a, and a code of, of moral ethics that you live by mm-hmm. and stand by, then your, your identity helps create your goals if they're truly aligned, right? Yeah. Like, I, I can want certain things, but I'm not willing to do certain things to get money that, that would compromise my integrity. So no matter what X amount I put on the board that I want to make in a year, if there's an opportunity to get that last little bit, but I have to do something shady. I mean, this hasn't arised, obviously, but th- it's going to be a no for me because my identity of who I am and who I st- what I stand for and how I operate in a day-to-day is is what is setting my goals, right? And so even if that goal I can't make, I, yeah. I don't even know if I made sense there because it's a confusing question.
0: It is a confusing question. I just think that – I think he – either a, he worded it wrong or he's just, I think he's just thinking about it wrong. So I would encourage you to, to find out what your identity is. You know, I shared this on the podcast. I don't know if it'll air before or after this, we recorded it yesterday, but the whole soul purpose thing, it's like, it's something that people don't really think about. And it's like, what is your sole purpose? Right. And part of that taught me a little bit more about my identity, who I am as a person. Right. And I think that unfortunately today you got to be careful People think you gotta be careful. I think you should just own who you are and speak freely and do whatever the fuck you want. Um, and if you're a good human being, it actually is not ever gonna bite you in the ass. I think that's the thing that's funny is like, I, I think because we live in cancel culture and it's I think it's getting better, at least my environment seems that way. Yeah. I was afraid to speak freely on certain things and then when I finally did, I realized like I wasn't offending anybody. So like it, it, it kind of like changes your mindset of like you have to be this like perfect figure or person and when you start actually saying fuck it and just talking freely, most people, unless you're just an asshole or you're just super far out there, like, it actually isn't offensive to anybody and people just respect and your authenticity, you know. But I think really just owning who you are and just being you is the best thing. But when I did that whole soul purpose thing and I asked this question to people, everybody who has answered it so far, um, and I sent it to a lot of people, so I haven't got everybody's answer back, but um, – they basically said the same shit and you start to realize like, man, I really know what I'm here on earth to do. And it was cool. Cause I didn't have any expectations. I, I sent the question and I just went on to the next thing. I didn't think too hard about what are they going to say, but it reassured me of like, now I really get it. Like I understand why I do what I do and now I'm going to go full force with it. And I'm going to like be unapologetic about it because this is what God put me on earth to do. Fine and simple. This is why I'm here. Um, so my advice is like to figure out what that is and like, that's your identity. Right. You know, right. Um, Mine's a helper. Like, I'm here to help people improve their life. Period. End of story. Everything I do ends up being about trying to improve others' lives. I try to instill something in somebody, teach somebody. And sometimes it's to my own fault because some people you can't save, you can't change. And then I end up putting it so far on myself that it weighs on me negatively because I can't help them. You know, but it's because they don't want to receive it. Um, but, and what's crazy is, do my name, so my family's Scott Irish. My name means helper in Wow. Gaelic. I found that out later on. It's fucking weird. There you go. Coincidence. Or not a coincidence. Fucking meant to be. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know how else to answer that question besides,
1: you know, be you. A hundred percent. You know, and the people you do offend. I did a podcast request on, and 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 I shared my feelings about like, I, and the podcast was, was titled something like, it's time to talk about your actual health. And, and it was kind of. Probably a year ago or ten months ago, and I said, listen, these public health officials, they're not talking about your real health, that they gave a shit about your real health. They'd be talking about getting out some getting some sun, Mm -hmm. getting some vitamin D, supplementing, drinking more water, losing more weight. They still have yet to come out and said, Hey, like you should probably just lose some weight and get in better shape. And so what I said to me was not controversial. It was actually very backed by just what has happened. Yeah. And almost everyone thought it was amazing. And I had a few people. I got one negative podcast review on it. And I said, Cool, they're not my people anyways, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that was just total yeah. side. Change, if you're not so. I think if you're not
0: triggering at least a little bit of people, then you're not I, I think the the cost of impacting people at the highest degree or the cost of changing the lives of those who are being are willing to be changed, if that makes sense is actually triggering some people. Mm. Because if you, I I think if you never offend anybody, never trigger anybody, never kind of work anybody up, you're not doing enough on the other end to actually help benefit people. 100%. You know what I mean? Like everybody's, and a lot of times I always tell people this too, like sometimes people will get triggered or put you down or tell you you're doing the wrong thing because you accomplishing that or taking action on that or doing that well actually creates more of an insecurity for them. Like they it kind of makes them reflect on their insecurity. Like, so for somebody who goes to dinner and they're like, their friend's shitting on them for ordering something healthy or whatever it may be, right? Um, That person, that was actually one of my best Instagram posts ever. When somebody shits on you for eating healthy, it's because they have an insecurity that won't, like, basically they don't have it in them to be consistent or disciplined like you are. So they reflect on that insecurity and then they put you down as a way to deflect, focusing on their own insecurity. You know what I mean? So, um, but again, that's like, You're triggering somebody literally by chasing your own goals for your fitness. Yeah. Why is that? It's not because you're doing something wrong. Everybody wants to be healthy. It's not stupid to be healthy. It's a reflection of their bullshit. Exactly. Yep. So, um, I think we got time for one more, man. Do you got anything?
1: I mean, I got a good amount here, but let's see here. Sorry. I clicked off the screen. Um, oh i mean you probably got a better question i mean how'd you guys get so handsome um thank you kelsey um well i have that to blame I, botox has been a great <laughs> um you know that's a mama um you got one more
0: i got some like random ones from my last Q A. um that we could easily do. I mean, there's, I got a shit ton here, but they're all very nutrition folks. I want some mindset ones. Cause I got you here, man. I'm trying to find something that's like, here's a good one that I think you might have some good, good advice for. Um, so simply saves advice on family slash friends asking for nutrition advice or coaching. I think in general, like what is your thoughts on when family asks family or friends ask for advice? Oh, as
1: a coach. Yeah. Um, it depends on the setting for me, you know, even though we've talked about, you know, we love what we do and I do love it. And there is sometimes that, you know, I mean, we're probably going to spend a lot of time not talking about nutrition as much as much more about just business and evolution and entrepreneurship while I'm here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, and I dig that, but there's sometimes where I'm just like, oh, I'm done working and I actually don't want to talk about it. So, in friends and fam- family, I, I don't work with anymore, I haven't in years, but. It never works out very well. Uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, your friends and family will ask you for advice. And then they'll also go, like, ask their friend, you know, Debbie, for the same advice. Just to, like, make sure, I feel like sometimes. Like, sometimes they listen. But um, I don't mind. I'm not the dude who's like, you're going to pay me. You know other people pay me for this, right? Like, I just think it ends up, um,
0: I don't think they listen the best. I don't think so either. So, like, now that I have a team full of people, I don't. I don't work with any of my friends or family ever. And the way I gauge their level of seriousness is that I send them to somebody on my team and I make them pay the full price. I usually end up giving them the homie hookup on the back end or something like that. So if I do plan on helping somebody out, I won't tell them because I'm like, you know what, if you really want this, you're going to talk to somebody on my team. I'm not going to tell them that you're my cousin or you're my aunt or whatever it is or you're my homeboy. I'm just going to send you over there and if you're really serious about it, you'll pay. And you'll get with them. And if, I, and if we're close enough to where I'm going to give them some kind of help, I'm just going to do it on the back end. And they're not going to know until they see the next bill. You know what I mean? Because that way we know that they're, they're taking seriously. Otherwise, you get people who ask you for stuff, and they don't really respect it. Because I've, I've had that situation, I'm sure you have too, where you're like, yeah, I got you. And you like really try to help and pull all this effort in, and they don't do shit with it. They're like, man, I wasted hours of my time trying to help you. And you did nothing with it. Nothing. And you never got around to it, which just shows me that you disrespect what I do. Yeah. You don't take it seriously right which doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad person I think they just sometimes people like the idea everybody likes the idea of getting ripped or being fit and you know what I mean everybody wants to be healthy but like you have to have a level of pain associated with it at first to really create change and then I think at some point you just begin to love the lifestyle like us there's no pain here we train because we like training we like being fit we enjoy this lifestyle like um like I was telling you Shannon was texting me about like food for this weekend and everything. And I'm like, baby, he eats the same shit I do. She's like, well, does he want anything like special drink? And I was like, diet root beer. And she yeah. was like, no, you like diet root beer. I was like, I promise no. you, Brad Is it probably the zero le- the zero sugar. Oh, bro, I was A&W like, w- Brad zero. probably loves diet root beer and not mug. Best. No, A and W, A and W have to. Uh, point Should've in case, I, I didn't even have to text you. Yeah, I was like, just, he eats whatever. I trust yes, me. Yes, like, trust we're, we're, me. And I was like, "We're just gonna eat like bros," and she was like, "Yo, don't don't say that." I was like, "No, that's the thing, like bro food." You should she have told her. Well, can you
1: get him? Did she give me my tofu? <laughs> I won't let you eat tofu, Miles, bro. Dude, the Doordash showed up the other night from this place in where I live, and it was supposed to be these chicken tacos, and the shit showed up as tofu tacos. It was ten o'clock; they had already uh-huh. closed. I was so mad, so I ate the tofu. No offense to people who eat tofu. I'm just impressed you do it. I'm just thoroughly impressed. That shit was awful. I, I And I <laughs> ate it just sad, like a sad puppy just eating it. I was like Bubba in there just when we left. He was just sad as fuck. I was just so sad.
0: The only time I ever have tofu is in miso soup when I go to sushi. Okay, I'll and do I like it. Yeah. I like it. But I haven't experienced, like, tofu tofu.
1: I mean, it just doesn't go on a taco. No offense to oh, yeah. that out there. I just... Yeah. I'm impressed you do it, and I have a new, new level of respect for you. Yeah. No,
0: we're, I mean, you know, we
1: stopped at the butcher
0: before we even came here. Yeah. We're meat eaters in our house, Yeah, which is totally fine either way. I just – I couldn't I, – I love meat, and I buy really high-quality meat. Like, I don't get cheap shit. I, I don't like sourcing it from bullshit farms that are disgusting and abuse their animals and shit. That is mm. not only not right, but it's also just gross. Like, I don't want that. But I love meat, man. Yeah. I'm a huge meat eater, so yes. I eat steak every night. All right, dude. Let's uh let's train. Cool.
1: Thank you let's for doing do it, here, man. All right, guys. Thank you.